0: The Old Testament has lots of stories about brothers. I'm going to talk today about two brothers from the book of Exodus, Aaron and Moses. Moses was three years younger than his brother Aaron, but starting with the day that Pharaoh's daughter fished Moses out of the bulrushes and adopted him, Moses was always the one who got top billing. Moses really got famous when he was about 80 years old. And as Frederick Beekner puts it, out of a burning bush, God himself voted Moses man of the year. God called Moses to go and confront Pharaoh with that famous phrase, let my people go. Moses, you recall, led the people out of slavery, out of Egypt, His leadership, his faith, his fortitude continue to teach and inspire all of us, even still. But Aaron, well, Aaron appears in the story all along the way, but always playing second fiddle, which he did well enough until he got the break that he had been waiting for at long last, and then he blew it with Moses lingering so long on Mount Sinai that some thought he'd settled down and gone into real estate. The people turned to Aaron for leadership, and in no time flat, Aaron had them dancing crazy around the golden calf. Bigner puts it like this, nobody knows whether Aaron was getting even with his kid brother for all those years of eating humble pie, or whether he was actually uh, believing with the rest of humankind that a God in the hand is worth two in the bush. Here's the real story from Exodus 32, so listen. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron, and they said to him, Come, make gods for us who shall go before us. As for this Moses, this man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold ring from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them. And he formed it in a mold and cast an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. So they rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them. And of you... I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with a great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was all with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn aside from your fierce wrath. Change your mind and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The title of this sermon is Liminality. That's an important word. It's an important term. Liminality. Liminality, take note, is a sense of ambiguity and disorientation that occurs during a transition. The words liminal and liminality both come from the Latin word limon, which means threshold. That is the bottom part of the doorway that must be crossed when entering a room or a building. So liminal space is the space between being out and being in. Liminal space is the transition between what we are or where we have been and what we might become or where we might go. Liminality is what happens to us, how we feel, often disoriented, perplexed, when we're in some season of transition. If we've lived a few years, we know that liminal seasons are always a part of life. Liminal seasons are often full of difficulty also. We used to be in school, for example, but then we have to figure out our work life. Many of us used to be single, but then we adjust to married life. We used to be just a couple, but then perhaps through pregnancy we transition to become a family. Liminal seasons are the time between. Liminality is the ambiguity and the disorientation that happens in that transition. We used to be married. Then we have to adjust to life on our own. And maybe it's through desperate grief or a difficult separation and divorce. Liminality is the wallow and the worry, the tears and the uncertainty, the disorientation and then the reorientation between the former and the future. We worked all those years. Then we have to figure out retirement, perhaps, and a different pace, a different way of being. We used to be healthy, and now all we do is go, go to the doctor and deal with chemo and other things that just wear us out. We used to have healthy parents and now we deal with the challenges that that brings to life for all of us. We used to be able to gather with friends, go to restaurants and theaters and church and now we can't. Liminal seasons come to all of us, often bringing great change and anxiety, stress, and concern. We seek to take these liminal seasons in stride because we know they're all a part of life, and we try to adjust and keep going, but much of the time... These seasons are hugely difficult, full of drudgery and adjustments and disorienting and even maybe debilitating. Certainly, the Hebrew people in the book of Exodus were in a liminal season. They had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They had been wandering with Moses for some several decades toward the promised land exodus 32 is part of this long liminal season for them unknown fears anxiety uncertainty and to top it all off moses their leader has disappeared to be with god aaron Moses' big brother is left in charge with no timetable about when Moses might come back and the people are getting seriously restless. Liminality is never easy. Ambiguity, disorientation, uncertainty. Well, how quickly the crowd turns against Moses. Their lack of trust in him, In his return, really, their lack of trust in God continues to astound. How could they forget so much? A burning bush, the Ten Commandments, a walking stick that turned to a snake and back to a stick again, water from the rock, manna falling from heaven fresh each day. The Red Sea being parted, Pharaoh's whole threatening army destroyed, and all the respect they give Moses is, we don't know what has become of him. Wow, that's a tough crowd. <laughs> Aaron steps in and he fills that void. He probably thinks he's come, with a, come up with a great solution. The people miss Moses. Moses. They feel like they should be worshiping, like they saw the Egyptians doing every day of their lives in Egypt. They figure they're supposed to bow down and worship idols. So the people brought their gold earring pieces. And somehow Aaron made a mold in the the middle of the wilderness and came up with this golden calf. And the people rejoiced. They had a huge party, it says. They got their minds off their anxiety and their uncertainty and their fear and their desperation so they could get through another complex liminal season. But they didn't just make an idol and have a party. They forgot their God, their Savior, who had done great things for them in Egypt. That's how Psalm 106 speaks about this very passage in Exodus 32. They forgot their God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt. If we're not careful, this is often what liminality causes in our lives. Moments of ambiguity and disorientation and transition can cause such great anxiety that we get far off track from faithfulness to God. We forget about God's love that sustains us forever. We forget about God's promises that are meant to cover all aspects of our lives. We forget that our lives are about loving and serving God and God's people. Unexpected liminal seasons can generate bad decisions and actions. We might do things that not only disappoint God, but bring about God's mighty wrath and anger like we read about in the story. God says to Moses, your people have acted perversely. Wow, that's an indictment. We have certainly been in a liminal season here a double pandemic with the devastating coronavirus and then so many manifestations of systemic racism covering our land the great texts of the Bible intend to teach us about life with God and life serving and loving as God's people in the world we are called and Challenge to be faithful to God in good seasons and also in challenging liminal seasons. We're asked to lean into God's steadfast love and faithfulness. We're asked to love and serve God all our days as disciples. Today's a pretty good day, I think, to pause and take stock of the liminality that fills our lives. It's a good time to assess how we're doing in this liminal season and where our focus is, where our faithfulness might be, our worship, our work. How are we doing? How are you doing? Are we continuing on in faithful love and care? Or are we finding ourselves irritable and rude and resentful and frustrated and discouraged there are lots of things that might be overwhelming us and overwhelming our ability to live faithfully in worship and in work, in love and commitment in this liminal season. I read this week about Blur's Blursday. Blur's Day. You know, there used to be distinctions of the days of the week. There's Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And now the days are just known as Blur's Day. Because same crisis, same news, same setting for our days, same people around us, same situation, same frustration. It can be all so difficult. Liminality, a sense of ambiguity and disorientation that occurs during a transition. We've all had to deal with major changes and so much uncertainty. We've had to adjust and keep adjusting to new circumstances. We thought it might last just for a short time. It just keeps going, which all bumps us up against the ability to cope well in a liminal season. And during liminal seasons, as we see so clearly in this story in Exodus, there's a real temptation to give our hearts, to give our attention, to give our devotion to something other than God. The people waiting for Moses to come back took off their gold and made a golden calf, something that they could see and feel and look so beautiful and touch and worship. The great preacher and reformer John Calvin warned that our innate desire for God, the part that's a a part of all of us, this innate desire for God always tempts us toward idolatry and idols. He even warned us that it would be a daily struggle between piety and idolatry. We are all inclined, all of us, toward reverence and devotion and worship and service of God but we're also all inclined toward substituting idols for God. What might have become idols for you, for me, in this liminal season? I really don't think many of us are going to jump up and dance around a literal golden calf, but probably there remain many temptations that lure us from doing justice and loving kindness and walking humbly with God, we need to be on guard. We need to keep our eyes fixed on God's promises, on God's presence, on God's purposes for us in this city, in this world, in these days. I rediscovered this past week some writings from Mahatma Gandhi. Remember, Gandhi was quite taken with Jesus and his teachings, what Gandhi always had trouble with were Christians who, he said, didn't seem to be taking Jesus' teachings all that seriously. Gandhi outlined what he called social sins. He named seven of them. Some warnings about what we should watch out for, especially in liminal seasons when we're anxious, when we're overwhelmed when we're perplexed, when we're disoriented. He said we should always be aware of these. You might want to write them down. Politics without principle. Wealth without work. Beware of commerce without morality. Beware of pleasure without conscience. Beware of education without character, science without humanity, worship without sacrifice. Those are all really important, especially in these days. Let me read them one more time, reminding us of the temptations that lure us away from faithful life. Politics without principle, wealth without work, Commerce without morality. Pleasure without conscience. Education without character. Science without humanity. Worship without sacrifice. That last one, worship without sacrifice, would be one that Moses certainly would have emphasized. We cannot say we love and serve God, if nothing in our lives shows evidence of sacrifice and praise, honor, and commitment. Friends, we can't change the circumstances that we're in. We might even need to embrace liminality in these days. Embrace liminality with faith and hope and love. And we certainly need to recommit our lives to trusting God and serving God, doing justice, loving kindness, walking humbly with our God. May God bless us all on the journey. Amen. Let us pray. O God, to turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to rise, to commit our lives to Loving, serving, walking, abiding with Jesus. Well, that is to find our way forever. We commit to the way of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.